We hear in our first reading from the first Kings, chapter 17, about Elijah, and he encounters this widow with her son. Now, he's been traveling through the desert, and he's just about depleted. He has nothing more. He's ready to die. And he encounters this widow with her son, and she's in dire straits also. She just has enough food for one more meal for her son and for her, and there's nothing more after that. And Elijah does something remarkable. He says to her, can you include me? Can, can I be included in your meal? The three of us, together. And you can understand that the widow being hesitant, just wanting her own good and the good of her son and taking care of the stranger. But she pushes through those fears because she sees that this is a holy moment. A moment when she's being called out of herself to help somebody in need. So she does that with his encouragement. He says to her, do not be afraid. Go, do as I propose. So she comes back and all three of them are fed. And not just on that day, but for the next year, they have enough supplies. And Elijah stays with them. She's a widow, and he cares for her and her son for a year until the Lord calls him on to complete his mission. This widow understood fear. But this widow also understood how to transcend that fear in order to do what God was calling her to do at that moment. And not only was Elijah blessed, but she and her son were blessed. Fears. We all have them. We all know them. They are a familiar face to us. Let me tell you a story. It's a story in general that we've all heard, the sinking of the Titanic in 1912. But I don't know if you know this part. That when the ship was going down, they released, they were able to get off of the ship 20 lifeboats. And not a single one of them, when they pushed away from the sinking ship, was full. And then they got away from the ship as it was going down. But of course, as you can imagine, there's all of these people swimming in the frigid waters. And 19 of the 20 of them did not go back into that population of people swimming in the water. And the reason why is because they were afraid. They were afraid that if they did, then too many people would latch on to their lifeboat and swamp them and they would all be sunk. Only one, lifeboat number 14, came back. They were able, as people, to push through their fears and recognize the good of others. And so they rode back into that group of people and were able to save as many as they could. And they did. What's sad about that story is that the other 19 boats were never able 
to accomplish what they were created to do. And that is to save lives. And the same thing happens to you and I when it comes to fear. When we allow fear to take charge of our lives. What ends up happening is we miss the opportunities for us to do what we were created to do. To be at those moments who we were created to be. I certainly have known moments like that in my life. And most re recently I had to brush up with that type of fear. And the fear I'm talking about specifically is the fear of not being enough. You ever have that fear? Not being enough. For whatever the circumstances is. Whether it's uh, something bad, something evil, something not good, or something that is good, difficult, a challenge, and yet we're needed for that. The fear of not being enough. So as I wrote to you a month or so ago, uh, the bishop recently appointed me as one of his three Episcopal vicars of the Diocese of Columbus. And it means a lot more duties for me, in addition to being parish priest with a parish and with a school. And when I first received that news sitting down in front of him, it scared the living Jesus right out of me. I mean, my immediate reaction was fear. And fear, how am I going to be able to do this? How am I going to be able to be this? How, how am I going to have enough energy, enough time, enough strength, enough stamina, enough motivation? And as I grapple with this, after leaving his office, the fear was paralyzing for the next couple of days. And I brought it to prayer. And when I immediately began to recognize, uh, especially as I've been going through the spiritual direction um, formation over this last year, I began to recognize this, this fundamental principle that fear is not from God. That's not the way God shepherds us. It's not the way he leads us through fear. In fact, fear is a tactic of the enemy of God and of our enemy. It's the tactic of the enemy. And it's a way to keep us from being who God calls us to be and doing in any given moment or season or stage or cir circumstance of our lives of doing what God is calling us to do. Whether that's in the face of something really bad or something that is really good but difficult. I recognize that. I took that to my spiritual director. My spiritual director gave me a list of scriptures to start praying with every day. And over the next couple weeks, that's what I did. And something remarkable happened. God spoke to me in the scriptures. And he said to me this. He said, David, you're right. You are not enough. And you never will be enough. But I am enough. 
and I am more than enough. As this is an opportunity for you in a deeper and newer way to learn this truth. I will always be enough, more than enough. And he said to me, therefore, I, I'll give you what you need if you just trust me and don't allow fear to take charge of your life. I'll give you the resources you need. I'll give you the people that you need. I'll give you the time and, and the strength. and the st- I'll, I'll, I'll supply all of that for you to be a good priest and for you to be a good Episcopal vicar. Both. And it was beautiful. I, I, I felt a calm. I felt a peace. I felt a confidence in him. And I... I felt me being stretched, and in that being stretched, I felt trust growing and building inside of me. Not in my own powers alone, but in the powers of God and of other people. And another thing that started to follow or parallel that is that I had many of my staff reach out to me and um, other key par- people in the parish who you know, run a lot of our ministries and uh, volunteering and helping in a variety of ways, including in our school, reach out to me and said, Father, you're not alone. I'm with you. What can I do? And, and, and you know, the staff said to me, um, this is what you trained us for. Because you know? over four years, I've been forming them so that they can run every aspect of the parish without me. So that we can fire on all cylinders, whether I'm the priest here or some other priest is here. And they said, so let us do what you trained us to do. And that was just such a gift from God. Here's the thing. We all have fears. And we're going to have them. And one of the fears I think we struggle with a lot is I'm not enough. Or I'm not good enough. Or I don't have enough. Whatever that is, enough of that we think we need to have or we think we need to be in order to do enough. But if we let fear take charge of our lives, we will never be the persons God created us to be. And we'll never do what God has created us to do at any given moment in our lives, in the big ways and small ways. And the widow, the, wid- the widow, she had to learn that. She had to learn to rely not just on her own powers, but on the power of God and on the power to do things that she would never be able to do on her own. And when she did that, not only was she blessed and her son was blessed, but the prophet Elijah was blessed. And then from that, after a year of staying with them, he was able to bless so many others in his role as prophet because of her. And the same goes with those folks that were in lifeboat number 14. Yes, they had fears and yes, they were, they were tangible concrete fears. But somehow they're able to push through those fears and to see the need of other people beyond their own need. And they were able to do what God called them to do at that moment. 
And that was to save lives. And it's the same with you and I. We are called to be who God created us to be. And as Christians, that's to save the lives of others. Not just our own skin. And as Christians also, that's to do what we think is impossible. We don't have the time for. The energy, the motivation, uh, the skills, whatever, the stamina, the generosity, the charity. Whatever it is that is that obstacle and that excuse. But we hear in our first reading today is that when we allow ourselves to be stretched, yes, it's uncomfortable and it will challenge us, then trust will replace that fear and a holy love that is beyond just a love for ourselves and our own little circle. And then not only will we be blessed, but so many others will be blessed also. Because we did not allow fear to take charge of our lives, but God to take charge of our lives. And pushing through that, we become who God has created us to be, and we can do what God has asked us to do.